Chow, Michi, Chef Jenner, Jenner in Tuscany, live from my closet, and Happy New Year. Okay, so I know it's already February, but I've been busy, and this is my first podcast of the new year, so I can still say Happy New Year. Um, plus, I have been working on my equipment setup again. Uh, last time, I was trying a mixer, and I was not quite happy with it. Uh, I heard some snap, crackle, popping in my recordings, and plus it kept fading me in, so there was a high latency. So um, I have read a book from a voice actor, and they gave the recommendations on equipment, so I went ahead and took their advice and ordered this box. And so far, I am very pleased with this new equipment. So if you notice a difference, then let me know. I'd love to hear from you uh, because I am working on Uh, a new profession for that wonderful day when I finally get to call Florence my home. Uh, But speaking of Florence, I got to do some traveling over Christmas and I did go to Florence. Um, I flew out on Christmas Day and I would recommend to anybody fly out on a holiday. I went through security with absolutely no line and this was in the middle of the afternoon, you guys absolutely no line in security. Uh, The plane was half empty. I upgraded my flight to premium economy. And in premium economy, I believe it's two on either side and three in the middle. And there was nobody next to me. And even though the seats are separated, you know, with your own armrests on either side, it was so nice to have a seat next to me so I could just pile all my stuff on the seat next to me and just totally relax and stretch my feet out in the other person's place. Uh, It was wonderful. So I recommend flying on a holiday and upgrading your seat if possible. Uh, Florence was beautiful. Um partially rainy most of the time we had one day that was absolutely beautiful in the lower 60s and you would have thought it was a summer day the way people were out it was gorgeous but there were seas and seas of people more people than summertime in my opinion like one day I was walking across the Ponte Vecchio and I stopped right at the top because Ponte Vecchio kind of goes at an arch And I looked toward the Duomo and all I could see was just seas and seas and seas of people. It was absolutely crazy. And I think a lot of it was inter-European travel. Like I didn't hear a lot of American accents. Uh, It seemed like a lot of people from other parts of Italy as well as a lot of people from other parts of Europe that were traveling in Florence. Um, it, It was mind-boggling. I was absolutely amazed that there were so many people. Uh, Against other people's advice, I went out for New Year's Eve. Uh, I didn't go out clubbing or partying or anything like that. I walked to the main square and witnessed uh, the countdown, you know, did a little glass of champagne and then walked over to the uh, Ponte Vecchio and watched the fireworks and then walked down to another bar and had another little glass of Prosecco and then pretty much called in a night. So, you know, that's what happens when you're an older person like me. And plus, you know, there's all these people shooting off their little illegal fireworks and whatnot. I wanted to get in before, you know, the drunk people came out, but it was still a wonderful night. And I had a wonderful time, uh, rode the Ferris wheel. Um, last year, they only set it up for the holiday. 
This year, they set it up from mid-December, and it will stay up until June 2nd. So if you are coming with me on my first tour this summer, the Fast Car Slow Food Edition, uh, from May 26th to June 2nd, you will actually get to see that wheel and ride it if you would like. Uh, so I highly recommend that you come with me on my tour, people. www.spretzatoura.tours. Anyway, um, so there was my quick plug of my tour. Um, the mayor of Florence is trying to make a pitch to make that wheel stay permanently. But diehard Fiorentine people are like, no, we have the Duomo. Why do we need that tacky wheel? Uh, so that is an ongoing debate. Now, speaking of ongoing debates, I don't know if you guys pay attention to the travel section on CNN, uh, but the director of the Academia Gallery, where the famous uh, statue of David by Michelangelo, and guys, it's not Michelangelo, it's Michelangelo, okay? Don't go to Italy and say Michelangelo. That's tacky. But anyway, this director of the museum, who is a German woman, basically said that Florence is a prostitute because of the Uber tourism. And not only the mayor of Florence, but the Italian government in general wants her head on a platter. Um, they are calling for her to resign her post. How dare you insult Italy like that, especially when you're not an Italian. Um, now, sh her contract ends in June. And just to stop here, Italians do have employment contracts. So when you get hired anywhere in Italy, you sign a contract. It may only be for three months, six months, a year or whatever. Um, but yeah, her contract ends in June and they are calling for her to resign early uh, because she called Florence a prostitute. Um, so that's what's going on in Italy right now. But, you know, like I said, I had a wonderful holiday and I hope that you guys did too. Um, and I want to go over some of the things that I encountered while I was traveling in Italy during the holidays. So, during my travel in Italy, I learned a few lessons. Um, this time going, I took Lufthansa. And Lufthansa is notorious for losing people's luggage. When I first went to Italy for Christmas back in 2017, they lost my bag going to Italy and coming home. How on earth do you manage to lose somebody's baggage twice in one trip, right? So I took them again anyway because they were the only airline that I could find that had direct flights. There was a lot of bad weather happening during the holiday season, both in the Northeast and in the Southeast here. Um, usually I like to fly Delta, but Delta lands in Atlanta. They also go to Minneapolis, St. Paul, which I had a horrible experience flying through Minneapolis, St. Paul, coming back from Italy. Um, basically, they had volunteers manning the customs line and several flights landed at once and we had a close connection and the TSA agents were very chatty, the ones checking the passports. 
and uh, they weren't letting anybody through, like people that had immediate connections. They were like, oh, you're not the only one. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to wait. Long story short, I missed my flight in Minneapolis and ended up having to buy another ticket on another airline. Otherwise, I was going to have to spend the night there, which I did not want to do. Um, so I flew Lufthansa because Lufthansa went straight from Denver to Munich and then Munich to Florence. Uh, and even though it was a short connection, it was good. Um, being that it was a half empty flight, I did not have to check my bag, uh, which was wonderful. So I actually arrived in Florence with my bag. Now, coming back, I had done a lot of shopping, t-shirts, a boatload of spices, a boatload of truffles, boatload of truffle oil. Yes, I truffle out when I go to Italy and this was no exception. Um, so usually I go to the mailboxes or us uh, very close to where I like to stay. And, you know, they pack up everything really wonderfully for me and send it home. Well, they sent it home via FedEx. And FedEx, I'm putting you on blast right now. Y'all, my box was shredded. And I'm not exaggerating. There was a whole corner of my box that looked like it went through a ginormous cheese grater. Um, there is this Italian toothpaste called Marvis. And Marvis has all these wonderful flavors. So I went to town on toothpaste. Um, they have ginger mint, uh, matcha uh, flavored toothpaste. They actually had a chocolate flavored toothpaste. I bought like 10 tubes of toothpaste, y'all. And the lady at the pharmacy that I bought it at, she was looking at me like, okay, so you kind of like toothpaste. I'm like, we don't have this here in the U.S. She's like, oh, okay, I get it. By the time that box got back to the United States, um, like I said, the corner was basically shredded. The boxes of my toothpaste were all wet and mangled. Thankfully, the toothpaste wasn't damaged, but FedEx did a horrible job. So in the future, um, what I've done before is I have purchased another bag at the market, which usually costs maybe 40, 50 euros. And, you know, it's a decent bag. You put all your stuff in the bag, check it, you know, with the airline. And then when you get home, you have another bag. But I'm at my capacity of suitcases from having done that so much. But with my last experience with FedEx, I will buy the bag again, uh, check it in with the airlines. And when I get home, give the bag to Goodwill or give it to a friend or something like that. Um, I, I, I doubt I will ever be shipping another box with FedEx the way they treated my box. It was just inexcusable. So yeah, I'm sorry. I had to put FedEx on blast there. So as I mentioned, coming back on my flight with Lufthansa was almost the polar opposite of my flight going there. Um, you know, starting off when I was checking in at the airport, I didn't have a super early flight. My flight left around 10 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I get to uh, the checkout, check-in counter. And, uh, you know, I've got uh, a mail ticket agent there who was 
uh, hellbound on following Lufthansa's rules. You know, when I checked in going to Florence, they asked me if I had any bags to check. I said, no, she didn't look to see if I had any bags and let me go. Um, but however, he was like, oh, I'm sorry. You can only take an eight kilogram bag. I'm going to have to check your bag. And of course I fought it because of course, with Lufthansa's reputation for losing baggage, but he said he would put an executive tag on my suitcase, which he did. And the bag did make it here, uh, when it was supposed to make it here. So bravo Lufthansa on not losing my bag at least once. Um, but you know, I'm sitting in my seat and I have a window seat and on that flight, it was two on either side and four in the middle. And we were getting toward the late boarding stages and I'm crossing my fingers thinking, okay, okay, I got this. I got this. I got this. Nope. Here comes my roommate. And he sits down and it was painfully obvious that he had had curry in the last 24 to 48 hours because he reeked of curry. I'm not being mad. I am just stating facts, folks. He smelled of curry and I had a mask on, okay? Because number one, in Italy, they still have it on the news. You know, here in America, we try to act like COVID is gone, uh, but they were still, you know, broadcasting on the news that COVID cases and flu cases were on the uptick and so were hospitalizations and they were encouraging people to wear masks in public if possible. Um, I'm not at that stage anymore, but the one thing I will never do is fly without a mask because you're in a close, tight space and, you know, eight hours of people hacking and coughing and sneezing. I wear masks when I fly and I always will. I could smell that curry loud and clear through my mask. And by the time I got off the plane, I smelled of curry, you know, and it was embarrassing because my brother and his friend came to pick me up. Um, you know, from the bus stop, um, I took back from Denver to Colorado Springs and I was like, yeah, you guys just, just roll down the window. Okay. My, my roommate smelled of curry and I know I smell like curry. It's not my fault. Uh, to which they joked me to no end all the way home. But anyway, so there's that. And then to make it worse, my roommate apparently had a weak bladder. He had a couple of cocktails and some water and some coffee. And he kept getting up to go to the bathroom. And every time he got up, he would waft that curry in my direction. I'd be like, oh God, just sit down, go to sleep, sit down, do something. So go to the middle row, the four seats and not in our, not directly across from us, but the row in front of us, there's a family, mother, father, two little girls. One of the little girls looked like she was about three-ish. The other girl looked like she was about five-ish. And, you know, they get on the plane and they're trying to get settled. And the little girl, the, the younger one, is, you know, giving her parents hell because she doesn't want to sit still and she doesn't want to do this and doesn't want to do this. And the father, you know, just snaps at her, you know, and uses the Lord's name in vain for those of you who are sensitive about it. And then the mother jumps on his case. So now they're arguing about the way they discipline their children. I'm like, oh, great. This is what we have to look forward to. Now, during this flight, it felt, and I don't know if you've ever had this feeling where the pilot is flying entirely too fast. And then on top of that, it didn't feel like he was holding the plane steady. It almost felt like there was a rocking motion, you know, and I am a very strong stomach person. I don't get motion sickness, but even on that flight, I felt woozy, like 
I couldn't wait for those eight hours to be done. Well, unfortunately, the little girl was feeling motion sickness and just out of nowhere, pukes on her sister. Mom jumps up. Okay, mom's cleaning up the mess. The flight attendants are running, trying to get her cleaning solution and towels and stuff to help her clean up this mess. And, you know, then they bring her a whole big pile of motion sickness bags. And from that point on, periodically, through the flight, the little girl is just puking up along. So we had this to deal with the whole entire flight, especially during the landing. By the time that plane landed, I was so ready to get off of that flight. It it wasn't even funny. Just, uh, you know, we ran through a couple of bad patches of, of turbulence. And, you know, normally when you do that, a pilot will kind of slow down and try to find smoother air. I think this pilot actually enjoyed the turbulence. Yeah. So there was my experience coming home, uh, which says one thing for me that going forward, um, I will make every effort to be able to afford an upgrade on my seat uh, to fly at least premium economy or higher because that little extra money that you pay is so well worth it. Now, aside from this episode, um, I did do a podcast with our wonderful driver, Marco. Uh, I spent a day with Marco while I was there in Tuscany over the holidays, and I did an interview with him. Now, this was my first time using a Bluetooth uh, lapel mic, and I was still getting the hang of it. His mic was on, but my mic wasn't. So I'm going to say right now, the sound quality on that podcast episode is absolutely horrible, but talking to Marco isn't. So I'm going to release it. Don't hold it against me. I know it sounds horrible, but you'll enjoy what Marco has to say. So look out for that. Um, But in the meantime, I am going to thank you again for listening to my insanity. Uh, Again, you know, drop me a line and let me know how the sound quality is on this box uh, because I am really working on my setup and trying to get things going. Uh, So when I do get that wonderful opportunity to move to Florence, I will have my new profession ready to go. Um, And with that in mind, uh, this podcast is actually brought to you uh, by Waterloo Sparkling Water. That's right. I'm playing it boring because I got to go to the cafe god awful early tomorrow morning. So now is not the time for me to be drinking. Uh, With that in mind, uh, please, if you like this podcast, like, follow and share with your friends. Uh, I hope that you will consider joining me in Tuscany this spring. Uh, But until the next podcast and I will try to do them more often, but I'm one of those people. I don't do podcasts unless I really have something to talk about. And today I had something to talk about and I appreciate you listening. Uh, So until the next episode, this is Jenner in Tuscany coming to you live from my closet studio. I hope to see you in Tuscany. Ci vediamo dopo. Ciao, ciao, ciao.